0: hi welcome to the still loading podcast today we got charlie headley what's going on we got jake tracy yo and we got jerry reyes i'm here today we're gonna be talking
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) oh i'm here
0: i'm here uh we're gonna be talking about the enemy the people Mm. and i think i obviously use that tagline that phrase because it's a little it's catchy yeah it's catchy and you hear that and probably a few things pop into your head but i want to talk about uh who is the biggest threat to our livelihoods? I just want to ask that question. I think we all <laughs> it's know It's a very broad end. question. Yeah. yeah. So let's hear uh, my neighbor. some thoughts. <laughs> you no, know, I, I seriously think there's a lot of times or a lot of different things that pop into people's heads when you hear that question. Yeah. Who's mm-hmm. the biggest threat to your livelihood right now? A lot of people would say either presidential candidate mm-hmm. and a lot of people would say, oh, my neighbor. Yeah. Or whatever it may be. So I was just curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Yeah
1: i'll see i wasn't gonna go there i was gonna go like myself i have that down too you know what i mean yep it's like i think it yeah i think it has to be yourself right the way you perceive everything is either gonna be how you is either gonna be what gives you like success and peace or it's gonna bring you down right yeah how you view yourself how you view people i think yeah but that's like also you know the the uh the thing one of the main themes that jesus was to teach like was teaching right it's like yourself first mm-hmm. look at yourself first mm-hmm. look at yourself first drop the stone yeah if you haven't sinned right mm-hmm.
2: so i think yeah i think it's it's ourselves it has to be yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think for like especially like in my life there's a lot of times i can for myself going off of that idea is like i can be my own worst critic or i just get within my head and thinking like i'm not good enough but then also sometimes we can look at that and like no that's a life from the enemy and so for me, like the two things that I put down when it came to this idea of uh, who is like the biggest threat to our livelihoods is one, ourselves, and then two, the enemy. And I think they go hand in hand in a way, but it, it kind of sounds like a dark like idea to talk about. But like really, because like a lot of times the enemy can drop these little thoughts into our mind or we start believing these lies from the enemy and then we start thinking to ourselves, no, this must be true. Like I'm 100% like, yeah, like I did a horrible time speaking this week or I didn't do this this week. Like that's me, you know? And it just, they really do go hand in hand when it comes to this idea.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. No, I agree, Jerry. Uh, What do you think about that? Same thing. Absolutely
3: ourselves. I know I'm the same way, Chuck. I get super all in my own head and I start criticizing myself and then it's all bad from there. I would say through that sort of lens, This perspective kind of switched up a little bit, I would say, as far as livelihood, when it comes to, I guess, like church or Christianity, I think it could could also be other Christians. Mm -hmm. They threaten our livelihood just because we're our own enemies. The church is our own enemy Mm -hmm. because, you know, nonbelievers are going to be nonbelievers. It's just that's that's where they're at. They're not in that frame of mind yet. They don't know the truth or they just haven't got to that point. However, we know the truth and we sometimes we are our own worst enemies. We attack each other. Instead of building each other up, we decide Mm -hmm. to tear down. And that's all other believers and then non-believers as well. So, sometimes Mm -hmm. we can kind of be that destructive force in our own lives.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think to go on a tangent kind of with that, uh, not to stray too far away, but a lot of people are looking for hope, for something, for anything, right? And I think it's a deterrent when... You have situations like that where you fall seem to worship the same god right but are on such polar opposite sides of Mm -hmm. building each other up tearing each other down for whatever it may be and i think that's just a big deterrent to what people think who people think god is you know because we're the representatives and then i know myself if somebody told me to come i don't know like hey If this couple, let's say, this couple asked me to come stay with them. I go on vacation with them, their friends, like whatever. And we got there and they immediately started fighting and were just like screaming, cussing at each other out. And I was just there. (laughs) I know I'd be like, uh, this is a little awkward. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. Oh yeah. And I think that's kind of like an example of when I see a lot of Christians bicker and argue and do all those things. Uh, it's like an example of that. It's the same thing. It's, you make it a place where it's like, I don't want to be here, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I think you're correct in that, in the church. It kind of goes along with what everybody was saying though, Mm -hmm. because you're saying the church. So, it's like, again, back to us, back to me. Yeah. It's like, how are you handling situations? How are you handling conflict? And then I want to go back to what you said, Charlie, is the devil. Because ultimately, I, I, I believe that is the, The Um, enemy of the people, yeah, you know, and that's where I was alluding to even in that title, because a lot of people go down roads that they may, they may have never gone down if it wasn't for the enemy, if it Mm -hmm. wasn't for the devil. Yeah. Um, Because we are spiritual beings. This is a spiritual world. And it's something I don't think that's talked about very often or enough of. And there is a war, a battle going on. Uh, It's like tug of war. It's just constant tug of war, just that constant tension going on with the enemy wanting to literally steal, kill, destroy you. And one of the ways I think he does that is in the actual way is like stealing our identity, completely stealing our identity in a sense of um, we eventually put our identities, who we are, into something else that's not Christ because we're made in his image. We're made to reflect his image, made to um, align ourselves with who he is. So, that, that way, we could bring the best out of ourselves through Christ. But he takes us and he even puts a little spin on it. He's like, oh, you, Jerry, you're just a cop. That's all you are. You know what I mean? And then you take that, especially right now, you take that. And if that's really all you were, oh, my gosh, you'd be miserable, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Absolutely. You get me? Mm-hmm. And so, I think uh, the enemy comes and does that and takes your
2: identity, completely eviscerates yeah. it. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, when we talked about this, I put down John 10.10, 10, and I think you, you even mentioned it. Is that's the the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, and the thief being the enemy. And we can see that happen in just every single one of our lives. And it's, it's a hard thing to realize because a lot of times, and this is where when you ask this question of who is the biggest threat to our livelihood, we tend to go and look at other people that are tearing us down other people that are talking bad about us and it's like no like that's not who that is there's an enemy behind this it's not against flesh and blood but there's a it's against the spirit it's in the spiritual realm and i think a lot of times again going back to this idea it's like once we can decipher or really figure out who the enemy truly is then we have the idea of like okay no like i need to love my neighbor because that's not the person, even though they might be talking bad about me. But like that's not the issue. Mm-hmm. The issue is there is a devil, mm-hmm. and I, I like to put it like this. Because a lot of times, like you said, we don't like to talk about the devil in church because the devil's scary. Well, mm-hmm. it's October, Halloween is t- is spooky in season, my dude. Come on, spooky. And so, um, I forgot where I was going. We talked about spooky season. <laughs> my
1: god, <laughs>
0: sidetracked.
2: Uh, like like the
1: devil talking about the devil in church. Scary. Talk, about, oh, the, yeah, like it's dark. like
2: there's a lot of times people will be like, Oh, I believe in God, and, and, and it kind of goes back to like picking and choosing what you believe in the Bible. It's like, Well, if you believe in God, you also believe that there is an enemy. And I think once we open our minds to that fact, not putting all our focus on the enemy, but knowing that hey, there is a dark side, be on the lookout because the enemy is like a roaring lion ready to kill, seek, and destroy.
1: Mm-hmm. I think you made a good point about like, uh, well, C.S. Lewis kind of touched on this in screw tape letters. I don't know if you guys have read that book, mm-hmm. um, but it's like the idea of knowing the tactics of your opponent, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of your enemy, like how they're going to try to attack you. Right. Um, and that, I mean, that goes for just about anything. Yeah. You know, you look at nations and things like that. Everybody knows how their opponents work. Mm-hmm. Teams know how to study film and know mm-hmm. how their their opponents work. And in order to really, you know, stand against that you have to be to know what to expect and the beauty is that the bible also gives you a lot of here's what you can expect and here's how the enemy operates and if you see these things going understand that they're not your neighbor <laughs> you know that yeah. they're not you know just those things they're it's much deeper than that and that's kind of the point that people i think really need to grasp is it's not you against me yeah it's it's really uh him against him and we're just kind of stuck in the middle of it mm-hmm. yeah is really what it boils down to but and it's important to know for people who are listening who maybe that it's
0: definitely a losing battle for the enemy it's a it's yeah. a
1: pointless battle <laughs> yeah
2: you but know the thing is we get so caught up thinking it's not absolutely
1: well because the the, the ramification the effects of it are still real yep. you know they're yes. still real to us yes um we know uh, the scripture always tells us that we win the battle that mm-hmm. jesus obviously is going to win and be on his throne um but right now in the meantime it we still feel ramifications of that and so my whole, The whole point I was trying to say is it is important to know how the enemy, how your opponent operates and your mm. opponent is the devil. And yeah. um, I guess to be cliche, God's your coach.
2: Mm,
0: that's good. <laughs> no, it makes sense. And I think because you're talking about knowing your enemy and people need to know that, like you said, it's a pointless war. It's a pointless battle for Satan, for the devil. But that's when you kind of look at it with that perspective, you understand and you see. So of course he would try to take one of us out. You know what yeah. I mean? He can't take God out. He can't take
1: Jesus out. Mm-hmm. So of course he's going to come after one yes. of us. I should say I shouldn't say it's pointless because in the meantime people are still choosing heaven or hell. So it's not it's not pointless battle. Yeah. He's keeping people out of the kingdom of heaven. Yes. So in his end there is still like a point uh-huh. to it, and that's you know. So if we that might be worth talking about in general, just like mm-hmm. we understand the point. Of the devil is to keep people away from God. Yeah. So how do we combat that? By bringing people to God, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By being like a fresh conduit of who got it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's
0: uh, where it lies on us. And even it go- goes back to like the bickering, if there is any, it's like, dude, mm-hmm. see the bigger picture here. Yeah. See the bigger picture here. Yep. And that's like you said, there's souls at stake. That's very important. But yeah, you're right. Point. It's Pointless isn't probably the right word. But it's a losing battle. it's like when you're uh um i have an older brother and when we're about when we're younger and i would wrestle it's like i know i'm gonna lose but i'm gonna like pinch him i'm gonna like knee him in the groin or something you know just anything i know i'm going down but i'm gonna yep. take something with me and that's <laughs> that's kind of what i picture saying like just some grimy like he's not yeah. gonna win he's he's just some punk little brother mm-hmm. who's who says i'm gonna I'm going to knee them in the groin
3: at least, mm-hmm. you know? And <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's seriously
0: what it is. It's just funny because I'm just thinking about it in my head.
3: Well, yeah, he's going He's going down. So, he's going to take as many people as he can with him. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the things. It's like misery love com- loves company. So, uh-huh. it's like, you know mm-hmm. what? It's not going to be good for me. It's not going to be good for anyone else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think I want to go back to something that you were saying is when we look at people in general as the enemy. Mm-hmm. And oh, I have it in the notes, I think. Uh, But when we look at people as the enemy, we've already lost. Yeah. When you see another human being and think they are my enemy or they're the reason why my life sucks or they're the reason why um, I hate people, it's like, mm, you're already in a losing battle. And I know there's been a lot of deep hurts in people's lives, I'm sure. And maybe you feel justified in that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you should negate your feelings, but I'm saying you should give your feelings to God. Yeah, exactly. To provide healing, to be able to see through a clear lens that maybe isn't so jaded to people around you. Because the bitterness and the anger towards one individual, in my opinion, or a group of individuals, whatever it may be in your life, I think it comes from just a sense of hurt somewhere Mm -hmm. else. You know, a sense of being wronged or whatever it may be and so but that's what the enemy wants if he could see is like god's people so everybody created everybody all in his image yeah if they're the enemy who created them is even more so the enemy right Mm -hmm. yeah and i think you could even go down that road when you're just facing that bitterness and whatnot
2: yeah. And I think like the, the one thing too, what you were saying to when we look at people as the enemy, a lot of times when say they do us wrong or whatever it is. And, and like you said, I just don't want anybody to come on here and thinking like, well, like they did X, Y and Z to me. And it's like there are some serious issues out there where people have done people dirty mm-hmm. and we don't want to neglect that fact. But the thing is, when we focus so much on that one person, we're falling right into the enemy's hand. Like the enemy wants that for us. The enemy wants us to get our mind off the focus of Jesus and wants us to focus on the enemy. And we do that without even knowing we're doing that. And again, it goes to the idea of we need to make sure we are keeping our eyes open to who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. Because again, it's not that one person. Yeah, we might not care so much for that (laughs) one person because Mm -hmm. of what they did to us. But the thing is, don't put all your focus. Don't put your whole entire hand into that one person. It needs to be in Jesus. Like, when you put your faith in Jesus, everything else will fall through. Like
0: Yeah. And I think that's something that's so important to know is... Because we could be saying all this, like, put your hope in Jesus. But what happens? Like, okay, mm-hmm. what what happens? What, what do I do is in my life, and I believe in all of our lives, when you do that, you receive a sense of freedom. Yeah. You receive a sense of of healing, to where I know what it's like to just freaking wanna sock somebody out, like every day. And every day you think, <laughs> you wanna sock me out? Yeah, Chuck's <laughs> like happened. dog, I'm trying to sock <laughs> you out. Um, but I know what it's like to, to feel that way towards somebody, and it's dreadful, and it adds pain, bitterness to your life, it adds a weight to your life. And I think what you said, yeah, is so true, is not negating anything that happened, but there's so much freedom and peace that Mm -hmm. comes from giving that part of your life to Jesus Christ. And in essence, it makes you become the best uh, version of yourself to be able to push yourself forward and walk in what God has promised for you, walk in that pathway that he has for you. And it's hard to walk in that when, like just like you said, when your mind's elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So one, you receive healing, but two, you're able to to look through uh, the telescope without clouded vision, you know, yeah. without um, a dirty lens, and you're able to mm-hmm. see how Christ what, what Christ has for you. And I think yeah. that's super important to know because people walk around so much thinking they're holding power and they're holding um, things in their life, and it's like, no frick that, because I'm, I'm I'm more powerful than that. It's like, dude, surrender that, give it to Jesus. If they did something super terrible don't be around them sure but forgive that part and i know it's tough and really
1: walk in the lens that jesus has for you or see through the lens that jesus has for you you i i have to go back to it's like this should be a freeing thing but it also might bother somebody because you might not be able to be a victim right now anymore but Mm. it's goes back to jesus on the cross saying forgive them they don't know what they're doing right yeah it's like you want to talk about having something done to you you know it's one of those things where it's like Jesus covered that you know he yeah. came like well Jesus never had this guy you know steal candy from your car and you're like well i mean he kind of been through it too yeah um again yeah not to ne- neglect that there's pain and like that people have done people wrong but at the same time what Jesus demonstrated was actual power in through forgiveness for those people yeah um and he demonstrated that in order so for you and i to when we're wronged see an example and say oh oh i can forgive despite what happened to me you know despite all this i can still be in power through forgiveness and not that it's easy but that's the example that's the demonstration and it's for good reason yeah it's it's to set you free you know
2: Mm -hmm. and i think the coolest thing when i when you you brought up the whole like jesus's crucifixion like i always have to remind myself he did that fully human Mm -hmm. so he felt everything and i think sometimes it's like maybe as for some of us that are new in the faith or even old in the faith it's like he was fully human in that moment so he felt every little thing and a lot of times we look at jesus as a superhero and i take it back to kids men right now but we look at jesus as a superhero (laughs) and he's like he doesn't feel pain but it's like no like he went through it he felt the betrayal like he felt all of that so just Mm. remember that
0: that's insane yeah it's such a true thing though and chuck was saying something earlier that i You kind of hit the nail on the head for me though. Is Jesus's sacrifice is really the ultimate thing we need to look to, Mm -hmm. because it is empowering though to to forgive. It's that's truly saying like washing your hands of it, being like you know what, I'm forgiving. I'm choosing to like let this wound heal rather than picking at the scab over and over and over and over and over mentally or physically whatever it may be and. Yeah, it's tough, but I think one thing that, uh, since we're talking about the enemy of the people and we're talking about like how that could be an enemy of ourselves just by picking at that scab and Jesus' sacrifice is something that's important to know is that Jesus couldn't have done it if he didn't know like who he was Mm -hmm. (laughs) under God, under his heavenly father. You know, if I know one example is like when he gets baptized and Satan comes and tempts him afterwards right before that happened god clouds opened up god said this is my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased so jesus knew that he is god's beloved son in whom he's well pleased goes out into the desert starts to get tempted and there's a lot to say there to say about like jesus probably was able to get through that because he knew who he was he knew his identity and what you said was perfect he was completely man completely god so he goes through the doubts he goes through Um, Not knowing what's going on or wanting to give up, but because he knew who he was, Mm -hmm. his identity, his beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, he was able to go forward through that and not fall to temptation. I think a lot of us need to understand A man or woman, you're a son or daughter, and God is well pleased with you. He loves you, cares Mm -hmm. about you. And when you understand that, you're a part of a family. You're a part of this never-ending love, this sacrifice that Jesus sent for us. It's so much easier to push through to life because you have value, you have worth. You have a meaning, you have a purpose.
1: I think that's just something that's super important. That's the key word is purpose, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. I think people need to understand that they're here not by chance or for no, you know, for no reason. Accident. Mm-hmm. You know, I one of the things I picture in my head is like sitting in traffic, going to work or coming home from work. It's like, this is annoying. <laughs> I don't like doing it for the most part, but I like having, you know, a job and I want to pay for make sure my kid eats. I want to make sure my wife's taken care of and all that stuff. So it's like, understanding you have purpose yeah. makes it a bit easier to go through the stuff you don't necessarily enjoy, you know? Yeah. Um. And I think that the same goes on a bigger scale just in life and through the purpose that God puts on every every single one of it. Everyone, whether they know it or not, had a plan designed for their life mm-hmm. and has a plan designed for their life. And if they could step into that, it makes it a lot easier to deal with the traffic of life, you know? Yes, absolutely.
2: That's a great picture. I like that. The oh. traffic of life. I'll write a book. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> a ghostwriter though. I'll have someone else do it.
3: <laughs>
0: so how do you think we come to that place where um this is more of uh, people who are involved in a church i guess uh how do we come to that place where it's like we're focusing on the real enemy and we're being able we talked about it a little bit earlier it's like point them to god right but what does that actually look like what does that actually mean what does that mean in our individual lives what does it mean to focus on the real enemy teach people how to focus on what's really going down what does that look like in your life in families' lives and church life, it's a rough one, huh? That yeah. was a
2: tough one. Like J- Jerry,
0: what do you got? I'm sorry, no, you're out. good. Let Jerry go. It's like Jerry just is like pondering so much. And, it's just, like I haven't heard
1: much from Jerry today.
3: I'm just soaking up wisdom from my brothers. I'm not.
1: I'm, I'm not mad about it. I'm just saying. I actually prefer it. Who's the one that has the wisdom? <laughs> That's what I want to know.
3: <laughs> I do, <dude, laughs> <it>, Ben.
1: <laughs> I think I'm gonna just jump in that if no one else is. Yeah, good. I think a lot of it is like starts in uh intentional like conversations and intentional uh i don't know community you know mm-hmm. where people feed off of each other and uh, you know you see what somebody's doing and you see what god's doing in their life and you kind of like oh that's kind of interesting you look for more into it you realize oh well i have a real big passion and knack for this i mm-hmm. want to step into this right as far as purpose goes um but that's part of the reason why i was not a big fan of like the shutdown of the church some people were like oh, it's fine. We can still do teaching online. And I was like, you miss such a big aspect of church when you're not together. Like you miss conversations and you miss those things. And I think those things are uh, crucial for people to uh, step into their purpose. I mean, you look at young people, um, like especially Chuck, you probably know this, you look at younger people now and people that when I was a youth pastor are now stepping into positions that they came across those positions because of conversations with myself yeah. and with other, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like you, without that, man, you miss such a, a, such a big part of it. And mm-hmm. there's no, there's no question as to why the enemy wants to close the church. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. just be frank about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's
3: a great start for him.
1: So yeah, I think it's intentional conversation and it's being in community with
3: people who are also living their purpose. Can yeah, you absolutely. post the question one more time? Just cause I want to keep it fresh.
0: Um, so how do we basically in our everyday lives come to a place where we can focus on what the real enemy is and teach people that in their everyday lives like so how do we as ministers so to speak teach people and jake was talking about everyday conversations just intentionally pouring into people yeah Mm -hmm. you got something to say
3: no uh, jake pretty much hit it right on the head i think like one of the best things for me was once the whole kind of the shutdown started, one of the things I missed the most was like helping out with like Ab Youth because I got to pour into uh, so many people's lives, whether it be other leaders or like student leaders or students themselves. And there was a time I remember I told Chuck, like, I'm just running on fumes, man. Like yeah. I got nothing to give. Every Wednesday, I was like, I was done. I was so tired. And I had a conversation with God like every Wednesday. I was like, I don't want to be here. I, I just don't. I'm tired emotionally, physically, like at that point, I was just going through a lot with work, nothing bad, but I just was burning the candle on both ends and I just mm-hmm. had nothing to do. But every Wednesday God showed up and was like, this is the reason why you're here. This is the reason why you're in this ministry. Like I have you here for a purpose. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Okay, I guess uh-huh. this is just where I need to be. So yeah, it's intentionally pouring into people. And I think the thing that's also I've realized just based on you were saying that this whole shutdown was, that's the thing I miss most is having other people around me who intentionally pour into me. Mm-hmm. Having just a once a week life group where I have the time to go talk to somebody and then they're like, "Hey, what's going on in your life?" and then they're able to pour into me because you know, you know, like it says, uh, "Iron sharpens iron," and that's like one of the things I miss the most. I could read my Bible, like unless it's a podcast, but having the community to do it around too, it adds that next element. Yeah, it, it does something more that I, I don't really know how to explain, but it's, it, that's the purpose of the community. Because like we have always said, this life's not mean, meant to be done alone.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, we're all here for a purpose. We all have a specific reason why Chuck's doing this, you're doing this, Jake's doing it. You know, whatever he's doing, but <laughs> he's doing something. <laughs> no, but having each of these the people members. in their positions to do what they're doing and then kind of pouring into each other because you wouldn't be pretty much you wouldn't be the leader that you are if you didn't have you know all these people around you not me but all these other people
0: <laughs> you too i guess uh, you're in there i'm just here <laughs> no in you're in there i think um intentionality is definitely the key in living life alongside one another mm-hmm. um i find that hard because people truly it's uh i think it's a tough road for people to want to pick up mm-hmm. honestly uh, myself included. I'm not saying every day I'm waking up like, oh man, I'm ready to suffer for the
3: Lord. You know what I mean? <laughs> time to grind.
0: Like it's time to be all about the Lord. I'm not. And I think honestly, um, I think somebody touched on it earlier, but I think part of the reason why people aren't learning who the real enemy is, is because we're not so uh, outspoken about our faith, you know, in everyday yeah. conversations. And I'm speaking for myself. I could be wrong about all you guys, but um, I know I'm not outspoken and something that's always intrigued me as of late. um, So, it's not always intrigued me, but it's something as of late that has intrigued me is if I had a billion dollars, literally a billion dollars, okay? Greatest thing ever, all your stuff's taken care of. I would be ecstatic, overjoyed. All the homies would know. I'd be like, dude, let's go do this. We're about to come up. Like, let's let's go. go. And essentially... Uh, living a life with Christ is better than that because you're taken care of for eternity. That's uh, past the eighty years, ninety years. You'll be here on Earth forever. You know, you'll live in a, in paradise with Him. Mm-hmm. That's better than a billion dollars because a billion dollars I could be done with when I die at eighty, at ninety. That's better than a billion dollars. Yeah. So why don't I act that same way as if I got a billion dollars or a hundred billion? Like, bro, like we're freaking on. Like this is so sick. This is dope. But I'm not that same exact way with my faith. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's the greatest thing that could happen to you. It's the greatest thing that um, could happen in your life and and take care of you. But why isn't it something that we're so ecstatic about?
1: Jake, go ahead. I'll tell you exactly what it is, dude. Lay it on me. It's you give yourself an hour on Sunday to remind yourself that this is worth everything. Mm -hmm. Uh And then you give yourself the rest of your entire life outside of that hour that Mm -hmm. tells you, no, that's actually worth everything. No, I actually need this. No, I actually need this. Mm-hmm. And that one hour and a half, let's call it two hours. Let's be generous. Mm-hmm. That two, those two hours are supposed to compete with the rest. Yeah, there's no chance. There's no chance. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, uh, it goes back to going into like what you pour into yourself. You know, it's what what are you putting in? Yep. And unintentionally, we're putting in a lot of. I need a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we could spend a billion dollars,
2: by the way. <laughs> Try me. Yeah.
1: Okay. There's, you can go to spendbillgatesmoney.com and see if you can. <laughs> there's a
2: running a joke
1: between me and Jake where we ask
0: ourselves, could you spend, say you have a week. Could you spend a billion dollars in a week? On yourself? You can't give it away? Yeah, you can't. No charity, no anything like that. Yeah. You. You <laughs> No seriously tithing. Because when you break it down, would well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't in the do first that. place? <laughs> I know you guys Let's <laughs> just <guys laughs>
3: be real. Why would I do that? <laughs> just You're kidding. a it's literally a, joke. a terrible example. <laughs> it's a joke. And yeah, I could spend it.
0: You couldn't. I Not in I a can. week. There's no way. Yeah. No. Because when you really break it down, it's like, okay, I'm going to buy 10 mansions, 10 cars, uh, four
3: yachts it's it's like okay you hit like
1: 150 million (laughs) and you're like what
2: well just times that by 10
1: see
3: that's just cheap buy as much as i can
1: anyways (laughs) the point this is a great point though this is a great point thinking Mm -hmm. big enough not thinking big enough yeah maybe you're right i really tried but anyways but i think that's what it is it's everybody else tells you that you know, this is everything that's right in front of you is what's most important, and mm-hmm. that's just not true. You got to see, you have to think in eternity, you have to think, yeah. and that sounds broad and very big to somebody who maybe doesn't understand that fully. But to the Christian, you should understand that you mm-hmm. need to see people in the like through the lens of eternity, you need to see yourself through the lens of
2: eternity, your job, mm-hmm. everything needs to be through the lens of eternity, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, what was the, the beginning question again? Because I know we kind of gotten left and right with this question because there was something that came to my mind that it was uh how do we get to focusing on the
0: real enemy especially as church leaders so to speak and how do we uh ourselves see it in our everyday lives and our family and then show people Mm
2: -hmm. like try to point people in the right direction and i think and jake said it first i said it really clearly especially when we talk about focusing only one hour out of our week on jesus one thing that with me because a lot of times we'll take this idea like we need to focus on the enemy and i'm like i don't think we need to focus on the enemy that much because then again we just become so um locked in on what the devil's trying to do then we completely lose focus on what god's already doing and i think for us especially for i'm gonna speak to the people right now that are young in their faith focus on god like just focus on god 110 because again everything else will fall will fall in line afterwards but the more and more we focus on god the less and less that the enemies actually i shouldn't say the less and less the enemies are going to attack because they are going to attack even more but the stronger relationship you build with god right now the stronger faith you're going to have when those attacks do come and again it goes back to what are your priorities how are you prioritizing your life when you wake up is the first thing you're going to do is use the restroom and hop on instagram and I caught myself doing that so many times, <laughs> using the restroom and going on Instagram. <laughs> but <laughs> it was, day. but it was like I, I, I quickly like realized like now the first thing I need to do is like even though it's super minor, open my Bible app, just read the verse of the day. The first thing I do. Don't look at my notifications. Start the day with God, even if it's just a verse. But you're starting off on the right foot. Hey, honestly, that is, that little
0: commitment is such a game changer to mm-hmm. your life. I don't know. It, it's something. It's funny that you say that. It's something I've been doing for the past week and a half or so, because I was the same way. I'd wake up, Instagram first thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the first thing. And I've realized I was doing that, so I rid myself of Instagram, and I was like, no, nah, forget this. And for whatever reason, not for whatever reason, I know it's good, but <laughs> I, I just, I have, I made the Bible widget right, so yeah. it's like bigger on my phone. The app and that's what i do i open my phone up i still will try to go to the folder where instagram is mm-hmm. but i'm like wait it's not there big old bible widget right there yeah. click it and i started a devotional on it you know what i mean yeah. they're, they're super easy super simple and that has actually changed the, the trajectory of every day since yeah. then really it has especially the mental game yeah 100 percent.
2: it's and i like how you even said it too like the widget app it's like being able to have that right there—it's like the first thing you're gonna see. Yeah, you know? it's huge on my first page. <laughs> and the first thing that we—and not to make Dylan and I found s- sound super spiritual—I am. No, I'm, ac- <laughs> I, I'm actually super spiritual. He's mm. more than most. They no. took a they took a vote
0: oh, in a, a poll. Yeah, a poll.
2: <laughs> oh,
3: okay. Gallup. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. But we both have like <laughs> Bible verses. So the first thing you see on our phone is gonna be a Bible verse once you hit that lock screen, and it's like just something as simple as that. It's just that reminder, that daily reminder, hey, read. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's my two cents, though.
0: No, I agree 100%. And like you said, it's all about the devotion. yeah,
2: Intentionality
0: with other people, but intentionality with uh, your relationship with God, right? That's where it starts. (laughs) And so um, I I guess the last thing that we could talk about is just flesh and blood, right? It's something that we uh, so often put... Our problems into is the things of this earth mm-hmm. and it's the bible says the things we battle are not of this world not of of flesh and blood uh rather than uh the devil mm-hmm. and i don't know it's that spirituality aspect of things is a hard one to grasp it's not tangible right mm-hmm. yeah you can't grab onto it and I know we talked about it a little bit, like, how do we get people to focus on the real enemy? But what does a spiritual life look like? Even what you talked about was a little bit of that. But what does being spiritual mean, right? I think people hear that and get kind of timid. Yeah. Get I'm going to tell you what it means.
1: Tell me, brother. This is Acts chapter 2. It says, all the believers were together and, and they had everything in common. Obviously, that's probably not as relevant. At this time, uh, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone to give to anyone who had need. So they're generous. Uh, every day, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily uh, those who were being saved. They're generous. They were meeting together every day. Mm-hmm. What they were filling their life with was generosity and community and encouragement and people who were on their team and wanted to see them succeed not you know in our definition of success but to see them succeed and be happy and be content with their life and be able to live in peace and man that's that's yeah. something worth you know pursuing um, but what i was going to say is i think it really does go back to community a community of people who can love each other and encourage each other man mm-hmm. I think something
0: that I've learned just as of late is, and I've talked to you about it a little bit, but the culture that Jesus was in was extremely communal, meaning you didn't go anywhere without a group of people. That's just what that culture is. That's who they are, what they do. And our culture in America is more individualistic, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all you. You do your thing in no, sometimes, unfortunately, no regard for what anybody else <laughs> has to say or think or do. And I think, I personally think God came at that time, sent Jesus, because people like that love that community. And then to put something at the top of that is just even better. Yeah. Like you're focusing in community. And um, the Bible talks about meeting, um, like don't give up the habit of meeting as is the habit of some, right? Right. But I don't think it talks about it as much as you would think based on how important it is for community, right? Because I believe that 100% too. Community is the most important thing. But what goes without being said in Eastern culture is you don't do anything alone. You don't live life alone. You live with people, you go places with people, you uh, break bread with Mm -hmm. people. That just goes without being said in that culture. So community is implied. It's implied Mm -hmm. in everything, literally in everything. Yeah. But we don't understand that because that went without being said in that day. But as in America, we see it and like community is just something you do uh, weekly or Mm -hmm. something. And Then it was community isn't something you do weekly it's something Mm -hmm. you do daily Mm -hmm. it's something that is important it was important to their everyday lives and i think we negate that a lot
1: yeah i mean i think it's still important
2: right Mm -hmm. we just don't do it (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's funny because i can sit here and think to myself like if i spent the day by myself i'd be happy
3: (laughs) (laughs) it's truly a wonderful thing
2: (laughs) but it's funny the fact that it's like it's just legit just completely different cultures and to see the two different sides of things and how Americanized we've made a lot of things, I feel like could be a way just because like maybe Americanized wasn't the best word to use. But like like I said, for me, it's just like the way I've grown up in America. It's like you can be by yourself and be completely fine. But it's like to grow and to truly thrive and have a spiritual life, you need other spiritual people on the, on your side doing life with you.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be alone in that time meant you're either like unclean mm-hmm or you're sickly or you've committed some egregious sin that it's like you can't be you know it's super super negative to be alone yeah in that time in that culture and then over here we it's all positive it's all it's the greatest thing
2: Mm -hmm. and
0: it's just interesting to see and it just encourages me and it just might be opening up a can of worms at this point because then people might be thinking now like well what's what's right what's wrong like do i gotta <laughs> dive into the scriptures more yes you do yeah and but ultimately at the top of that giant sunday that we're compacting is you, just have community <laughs>
3: Yeah. Have.
1: have people in your life yeah i think too are you gonna say something go ahead it's, i'm moving off the idea of community well okay then because i was gonna say one thing that was not cool for me was when i was a, a youth pastor where it was like i didn't After the service, it was like, I'm done. (laughs) It's like I I worked to get this thing going and now it's going and I want you guys to go home so bad. (laughs) And I think that that just like really worked against me. I was going to ask you if you guys have ever felt like that. Like, you know, because it's your job, right? Like that makes it very difficult sometimes to make it natural, make it part of what you really want when you're like, I have to do this. Have you guys ever felt that way or is it just me? Yes, no. I think every spiritual
0: leader feels that way. I think every yeah. person in ministry feels that way.
3: No, I have, a, I have a different perspective. Okay. So that's why I want to share it. So ministry has never been my job. And I think that's, what's made it harder. If it was my job, knowing that I'd, I'm here, you know, I guess getting paid for it, I'd be like, sure, whatever. This is just part of the job. However, since it's my own free time, knowing that I don't want to be here, but I'm being here because I have a commitment. Mm. I'm here because I need to be here. It, that's what's kind of different for me. So I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever my job and everybody has those moments in their job like, dude, I don't want to be here, but it is what it is. But when you're willingly do it out of your free time, when I know hanging out with these, these, these dumb kids, when I could be sitting home watching the game or I was like, dude, I could be sitting here and go Dodgers, you, you do something. Yeah. No, go Dodgers. Um, you could be doing something else. That's what's kind of difficult for me. I think that's what's always been more difficult or feel like, Oh, you know, you need to do this. We need to do this, this, this. And, and I get it. There are very important aspects to ministry or things that we should be doing. And I'm like, it's just not that big of a deal. I don't treat it like my job. That's why it's almost like it's it's always been a lesser deal to me. The community is important. Mm-hmm. But like the planning, the how we set up the chairs, none of that's been important. I'm like, I'm there because of the people. The community is right. important. These people are important. I love them. I'm not here for anything else. I don't, I don't care about playing games or anything else. I just want to be here for the kids. Mm -hmm. All that being said, I do care about you, and I do love you, Chuck. (laughs) These are all conversations me and Charlie have had off camera, so it's okay. And he knows my heart.
0: I think what you're saying is the the pathway to get there necessarily (laughs) isn't important as much as Mm -hmm. like where you're getting to. Exactly. And the people is the thing. So, however you get there, whether it be playing games or a conversation, like you're there for it because of the people. Yeah, Um, Absolutely and back to that's interesting though because that's opposite i guess (laughs) right um but i will say this with that whole with that whole subject is every time i've never wanted to go or show up or be there or do the thing it's the greatest time i've ever had in my entire life it really is dude
1: and why is it like that why is that it's
0: in a spiritual attack Mm-hmm. And you tell me how it could be the greatest thing of my entire life every single time I feel that way is not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Because if I had a bad attitude and there's no God, there's there's no such thing as that, I'm gonna have a bad attitude. But and I there's a there's an actual true God who wants us to be in community. So when I have a bad attitude, and I step into that situation, one, the spirit flowing through other people along with God just flowing brings something out of you. Mm -hmm. It brings something out of you that you may not have experienced had you just sat at home all pissy and angry.
1: Yeah, well, that's true. And it sounds like it's across the board here like for Chuck too. Because that was the the truth for me too. Every time I didn't want to, it was always like the most insane conversation came up and I was like, I'm so glad I was here. (laughs) You You just feel great. Oh, it's
2: so good. Dude, I, I remember it was like last year this time from October all the way to the end of the year, it was like every Wednesday night, I didn't want to show up. (laughs) I got paid to do this. And I was like, I just don't want to show up. And it was a spiritual attack because I remember after every single service, it was like the thing that I live for so much isn't for speaking, but is when students or people come up and talk to me after the message and saying like, this is happening in my life. And it's like, I I agree 110% that those moments where we feel like we don't want to go to church or we don't want to serve Jesus. It's like, that's a spiritual attack because there's something going to happen that night whether it's grand or whether it's small, that God wants you there to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And I think, and one, there's a story that just comes to mind, and it's a Samaritan woman. And it goes back to this idea of living a spiritual life is making time for people, not just community, but for like single people or just people in general. And the reason why I say that when it comes to the Samaritan woman was, it says in the Bible that Jesus and the disciples walked through Samaria, or it actually says in verse four, that they had to go through Samaria. They didn't have to go through Samaria. And in that time, Jews would like go as far away from Samaria as they could just because of the racial tensions that was happening there. But yet Jesus went that route facing all of whatever whatever it could have popped up for that one person. And to me, those, those are those things when it comes back to that idea of living a spiritual life. It's like make time for people. And of course, be more like Jesus. Go out of your way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should
1: bring this full circle real quick now. Every time we don't want to do it, and we end up doing it, God reveals why, you know. That, like, goes back to knowing your enemy, right? Yeah. So, my encouragement to anybody who's like, I don't want to show up to this service. I don't want to show up to this, you know, uh, maybe it's like a service project. I don't want to mm-hmm. do this. That's probably a good indicator that you should definitely be there. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? If but, you want to talk about knowing. keep no- that, like, zoom, <clears throat> zoom meeting
0: or that Zoom yeah. group or... That coffee meeting or that You want to talk about meeting. knowing
1: the enemy. Yeah. That's probably an indicator that you should do the opposite of what you feel.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. the heart's wicked and deceitful.
1: And I only say that because that's been uh-huh. all of our experience, <laughs> you
0: yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. So. Absolutely. No, I think that's cool. And I think that's just, there's another question here, but it's kind of talking about that's the model of Jesus's ministry. Yeah. Going out of his way. It's uh, him coming to earth was going out of his way. Mm-hmm. Why on earth, if I was a God (laughs) sitting up there, I'm not going down to the earth? Are you kidding me? Mm, But yeah, Jesus decided like, I'm going to go out of my way. And I think that Samaritan woman is such a perfect example of that exact thing. Choosing to go that direction. 100%. When Jesus was Jewish, Jewish people hated Samaritans, couldn't stand them, vice versa. But Jesus is like, I'm going to go out of my way. I'm going to... Walk through the rumors and the people mm-hmm. talking about this and saying, why are you doing that?
2: Why? What's the What's happening? And all the people saying I shouldn't and I'm going to do it. And again, I feel like at that time, Jesus knew exactly who the enemy was. It wasn't the Samaritans. Mm hmm. If we really want to go full circle. Come on now. Yeah. It just came to my mind right now thinking about that. It wasn't the Samaritans that were the enemy. It was the Mm -hmm. devil that's the enemy. Mm
1: -hmm. That's why I wasn't afraid. He's like, it's not you guys. It's not you against me.
2: If we we want to go full full circle, it's because Jesus is a superhero.
1: Oh
3: my (laughs) gosh.
1: That cape he always wore.
3: (sighs) With the big J on it. That's tight.
1: I seriously hate you guys. That was a great point though. That's true. He knew the enemy. He knew yeah. his, he knew his enemy. And he knew his purpose. He knew thine enemy.
0: No, absolutely. That's uh I feel good. That's something that um I actually thought about a while back. I forget when. But yeah, especially during this time right now, it's like there's these people, it's like, I'm supposed to hate you, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to hate me. Mm-hmm. Jesus would come down right now and go to either side to talk, hang out, do that, and Because he knew who his enemy was. Exactly. And I think right now, it's so important to do that just in general. Uh, Elections next week, people are freaking freaking out, literally freaking out. But I think understanding who the enemy is and understanding what I believe Jesus would do is look at everybody and ask them why they're tripping out because they're focused on the wrong enemy, quote Mm -hmm. unquote, and focusing on what was real. But I think it's just important to note that, you know? Yeah. And to follow that ministry and Jesus' ministry was rooted in knowing who the enemy was. Mm-hmm. It was never the people. It
2: was never the people. It was never the government.
0: It was never the government. Yeah. Oof. It was never the
1: government. I don't want to hear that, dude.
2: Hey, well, this, so is this is still loading podcasts. where truth lies. Well, hopefully.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Semi-truth.
0: <laughs> and so we got to understand that. And I think it's important to just model who Jesus was in everything that we do. Yeah cool
1: yes sir good stuff mm-hmm. well thanks that for was good
0: thanks for being here jerry i love it
3: <laughs> <laughs> you paused that was weird because well, it was weird he looked at me he was like thanks for being here and i was like yeah
0: of <laughs> course looking at you thanks jake yeah of course uh chuck it's always a pleasure yeah of course
3: you guys are weirding oh. me out. With the, yeah of
0: course i don't like it at all thanks it's for being cool it was
3: it was a transition for me i wasn't expecting and so i felt i felt scared Mm, scared. scared. i'm not the enemy you're the enemy
0: i felt i felt scared i how dare you no but it's been a good one it was fun to talk about both these past couple weeks have just been breaths of fresh air and hopefully this is an example to uh, people to have just conversations where you understand that the person you're having a conversation with isn't the enemy. Mm-hmm. And developing that spiritual life is so important. I yeah. think that's probably one of the most uh, important things we talked about tonight is just developing that spiritual life, that relationship with who God is. So, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube, smash that like button. There we go. Sm- there we go. Mm-hmm. Jerry's going insane. <laughs> smash it. Yes, that like Send button. it to someone. Send it to someone, especially because this week, I don't know if you guys have been able to tell, not this week, but the past couple weeks to just really focus on who Jesus is and the hope that he brings. Because truthfully, I was even getting sucked down into the whole, like, I need to pick a side. Oh, what's going to happen? Oh my gosh. And I was just like, hold on, let me back up here. So I've been really trying to just honestly push forward who Jesus is because that's all that matters right now. He's king above all. And that's just what's what it's going to be on November 3rd and 4th and 5th mm. and all of that. So uh, send it to somebody because I really believe what we're talking about. A lot of people just need to hear to just feel a little maybe a little bit of relief and a little bit of like, oh, okay. Okay. Jesus is amazing. Yeah. It's yeah, thing. So send it to people. Smash that like button. Uh, follow us on Spotify. Like the stuff. Share it. Do all that stuff. Send but- it to your mom. Mm. Yeah, there we go. Leave a rating. Hi, mom. Yeah, leave a rating. That's yeah. Cool. Leave a rating. rating. Leave, a, leave a rating. Watch on YouTube. Only mm. five stars though. Mm-hmm. Only five stars, or don't even bother. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we love you guys, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Later.